Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee Chats Coffee from Being Delivered. I'm your host, as always, James Coffee. Today we've got a great guest for you on the podcast, somebody that's been working in the coffee industry in Ireland for over a decade. And we've got James McCormick, who is the owner of Dublin Barista School, the World Barista Institute and Ninth Degree Coffee, and also hosts a couple of podcasts and has been working in coffee for over 10 years and has a great background. So I'd recommend that you stick on the kettle, make yourself a nice cup of coffee, have a bit of time for yourself and sit down and have a listen over the next 30 or 40 minutes with us as we chat about coffee in Ireland, we chat about James's background and how we got set up within coffee um, and how we managed to go from sandwiches to Dublin Barista School. So without further ado, let me introduce James McCormick. So today we've got James McCormick with us, uh, owner of Dublin Barista School, World Barista Institute and Ninth Degree Coffee, as well as being the host of the Smart Coffee Shop Masterclass podcast, where he interviews successful industry experts every week. James, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. Did I miss anything there from your hugely impressive resume? <laughs> well... Well, it sounds impressive, maybe, but they're all, it's all under the same umbrella. It's all um, coffee-related, coffee education. Um, it's, it's an area uh, of expertise now, the, the coffee industry. And so it's, it's lots of moving parts, but it's all under the same umbrella, which makes it more manageable. Very good. So for, for those that aren't kind of familiar with you or kind of what you've done or how you've kind of got to where you are today. Could you give us a bit of background maybe on your coffee journey and how you got started and, and where that's brought you to today? Yeah, sure. So um, my coffee journey really, it wasn't um, something that was, I suppose, it wasn't something that I had planned to get into. So in 2000, to the end of 2008, December 2008, I was uh, working as a mortgage broker uh, for a number of years before that. And the crash came and uh, in December 2008, I was made redundant. So that kind of was the, the beginning of the, the big crash at the time. And come January after Christmas, you have to make a decision. What, what are you going to do? And entre- entrepreneurship and, and business was always part of uh, my family and my family history. And it was always something that I wanted to do. So that kind of really pushed me into it and uh, pushed me into starting my first business wasn't in coffee it was in corporate uh, sandwich uh, platters and individual sandwiches selling into the corporate sector and why did I choose sandwiches uh, it wasn't as if I had a passion for sandwiches aside from eating them um, it was it was more based on the fact that we looked at the money that we had and uh, my, my now wife Linda had uh, given me 500 euros to start a business and she said there you go uh, see what you can come up with so the, the barriers to entry um, in terms of getting into corporate catering were quite low and they still are, I suppose. Uh, so we started a sandwich business and it was the sandwich business that led me into the coffee world after starting, after starting my sandwich round, which my day essentially was getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning, making a couple of hundred sandwiches, um, taking some, some online orders and, uh, um, delivering them myself around uh, Sandyford Industrial Estate. Um, the the time came where I had to kind of find my own proper premises because uh, I was subletting a kitchen at that time. And as part of the 500 euros that I'd given, 
Um, a hundred of that went to so the the weekly rent uh, of the of the kitchen. Two hundred euros went into a website, and the rest went on uh, raw materials and packaging and stuff like that. So that's where the five hundred euro went, and um, it was it was starting a business like that was uh, something that I really enjoyed because it kind of forces you into a lot of skill sets. Uh, I was always I was already a salesperson, so uh, cold calling comes wasn't a major issue for me, but um, it forced me into understanding figures and it forced me into understanding logistics, marketing, uh, and all the kind of important business functions that are involved in running a business. And a year later, I was uh, I was kind of forced out of that kitchen where I was we were getting so busy making sandwiches, um, and that's how we got into coffee. So, uh, in um, two thousand early two thousand and ten. No, sorry, was yeah October two thousand and ten. I uh, opened my first coffee shop, which is on Leeson Street, and that's kind of how I got into coffee. It wasn't really a preordained, as I was saying, it was more the fact that the, the the location that I found had a production kitchen in it that allowed me to continue my sandwich business. Um, so the coffee wasn't really a big aspect, but it was a sixty seater cafe, and I got in there on the first day and I realized that I didn't really know how to make coffee. And that's, I didn't really understand anything about uh, espresso or workflow or consistency. And I'm sure a lot of customers got a lot of awful coffee um, in, in, the, in those first few months. So uh, that realization kind of, kind of pushed me to do a course. Um, there was no courses in Ireland at the time. So I had to go to London and I did a really, really good course in London. And it really opened my eyes to the kind of coffee education space. And I came back full of energy, really wanting to show off to our customers what I learned. Um, and in terms of just making a better quality coffee. And, and that, that's really what pushed me into um, the coffee education space. It was the realization at that time, you have to remember, it was around 2011, um, where I'd started, come back and done this course. 2011, there was huge unemployment in the country um you know the, the country was devastated really economically and we had people coming into us looking for looking to work for us for free and i remember i gave a guy an opportunity just to like as kind of a work experience and what i noticed was that um th there's there's the balance of somebody who's working for free um and you're looking at your margins and you're saying okay well if i get someone to work for free that's great because um you know we'll be able to produce more goods and et cetera, and serve more people. But in actual fact, it was the country was all of the effort went on managing that person and training that person. So that kind of highlighted the opportunity um, again in education. So that's when we launched very softly Dublin barista school from that coffee shop, um, uh, training people how to use the basics of an espresso machine, which is where, where we started. And it's still a, a very core element to a lot of our training. And so in 2011, we started that running courses monthly uh, whilst also running my uh, the 60 seater cafe, learning how to, to run that. We had uh, grown our corporate sandwich business to two locations, one in Dublin city center now in that new location that I had and one in Swords. We had two vans on the road. We had about, you know, we were employing um, 15 or 20 people. So it was it was chaotic, really, uh, for for me, who's uh, at the time was inexperienced in running business, trying to manage that many people, trying to you know juggle everything, and 
Um, so those early days were were an extreme learning curve uh, for us, but it was it was also the start of my my love and passion for for coffee. So um, that's kind of where it started, ultimately. Um, I don't know if you want me to keep on going, but it's, yeah, so, it's still more. So it started with sandwiches and ended up with ended up with coffee. That's it's it's really interesting, kind of how I suppose you kind of got lucky with the coffee shop in one way that you know you, it was there to make sandwiches, but then the coffee side of it is really really kind of where you discovered your kind of passion around coffee education and, and what the future of the business would be. And um, so from from there, so once you set up the once you had the Dublin Barista School on the go, um where did you kind of go next from there or where, what was your, or did you have a plan for what was next? There were, no, I, I don't think there was a really a major long-term plan. Um, not compared to the way I run business now at the time it was um, like our, our sandwich business was really the main thing. We were, we were one of the biggest um, sandwich catering uh, businesses in the city. We were, we went from doing individual sandwiches, which is, which is what I was doing in Sandyford to, um, bring it up to platters for meetings, which became our main business. Uh, so we would be in with a lot of the, the big accounting firms, the solicitor firms, the tech companies, and we'd be doing their board meeting sandwiches or their team meeting sandwiches. And so we had two, two vans on the road delivering, making, we would start making sandwiches at half four or five in the morning uh, for, from the orders that we had. So it was like that business was really interesting to learn about juggling uh, time and juggling um, logistics, uh, ensuring that you had enough stock uh, on board. So those early days where it was, as I was saying, it was chaotic that there was no long-term strategy or long-term vision. It was just literally, if you remember at the beginning, I'd started because I was made redundant from my job. So I was kind of pushed into it. It wasn't as if there was a huge lead in time to, to think about strategy and vision and, you know, long-term planning. You're like, okay, this is an opportunity. I'm going to go for it. And suddenly two years later, I wake up and I'm employing 20, 30 people. Uh, and, you know, we had a lot going on. Um, uh, in, in 2012, then if we move on a little bit, we opened up a Mexican food business um, with a, fr a friend of mine. And we had opened up two, two locations. We In that business alone, we were employing 25 people, a location in uh, Stilorgan and a location in Tala. So if you kind of sum up those 2009 to 2012, I was running three companies, employing, I can't remember exactly the numbers now, 30, 40 people. And literally everything was, was, was running around the place, juggling, trying to make sure everyone was getting paid. And so it was extremely chaotic. And that was kind of my early learning, not just about coffee, uh, it was more so learning about business and how to operate and how to, you know, the realizations of when the, the revenue letters were coming through the door, that, that if you didn't have enough money to pay them, you're going to be in trouble. And, and in my early days, the, the foundations were very, very shaky. And we ended up, uh, unfortunately, having to liquidate one of the companies, with the, which was a Mexican business, and having to close down my corporate catering business, not because it wasn't, didn't have potential, it was because I'd, I'd slowed it down to focus on our Mexican uh, business growth. Um, but between everything, everything kind of got jumbled up and um, the, the, it was like, a, I suppose, a house of cards that some, some of the things started to collapse. And, but Dublin Barista School remained, remained there as, as a kind of solid uh, business. And so by 2013, 
Um, I was running three companies. Uh, we had moved Dublin Barista School to where we are now in South Ann Street. So we spotted the opportunity. We found a location that we loved. Um, and I know, James, you've been here. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great location. It's, it's a, a really nice building and it's just it's set up really well for, for, for what you do with Dublin Barista so, School. So, yeah, so we pack everything into, into this building. We have a, we have a small coffee shop. Um, we have two training rooms. Uh, within the building we have our office two offices and it's where i do my own podcasting and stuff where i am now so just to, to go back in terms of i know we want to talk about coffee more but it was kind of like running three businesses i'm employing lots of people and eventually come 2015 i just had one company left which is dublin barista school and all in all those first five uh, five years of of operating business as chaotic as chaotic as it was, it was a massive learning curve. And it was, like, it was a huge, it was actually, it was, it was, it was like doing a master's in business. But was like, I, got, I had to learn everything the hard way. And I, I bring that with me today, all that learning in terms of developing Dublin Barista School to where we are now. Um, so we started off very, very slowly with Dublin Barista School. We were doing courses once a month and then it built up to once a week. It was the same situation. We built a website with 200 euros at the time. There was no Squarespace or Shopify or any of that type of stuff. It was just to find find a guy who would throw up a half decent looking website, and we found a guy who would do it quite cheaply, and that worked. You know, like there was it just proved to be there was huge demand uh, for it, and then we moved here in 2013, and again slowly kind of ticked along. We were had to learn how to we had to really learn about the coffee industry uh, at that stage, and we had to understand how to bring customers in the door and how to keep them. Um, and we, we didn't figure that out for a couple of years, to be honest. And we had to, um, in our training, we had to understand how to train people, how to build curriculum, how to build learning outcomes. There was, there's lots of uh, the aspects to education, which we have to learn about. And I'm lucky now that we have some, some, some fantastic trainers in our business who, who look after that and who keep on improving our training, uh, our quality, uh, how we, how we teach our courses um, to students. And so it's, I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard that I have great people in the company um, to help us kind of develop and grow what we're doing. So, so we started with a basic course, then we built out a, a five-day course. We do like a bit of latte art training. We have home, home brewing uh, training. Uh, but our main course, our, our main niche in the market is, is training people to uh, help them get a job. And that's kind of what we do. So we take people with zero experience and we bring them through a process. So by the end of it, that they're, they're at a level where they feel confident that they'd be able to operate a machine in a coffee shop. Um, in our longer course, we give more in-depth training in terms of how you should, if you are looking for a job, how you should um, act on your trial, uh, what things you should be doing. Um, if you're starting a business, we're, we're also teaching you aspects of um, what you need to be knowing to help you start a business and so i offer on the, on the side to that i do help uh, startups on a consulting uh, consultancy basis so there's kind of lots of um interesting educational uh, aspects that we kind of we cover in the business and as you said there we have the world Barista institute so in 2019 we built out an online training program which is quite comprehensive and we are, as we speak now, we're, we're redeveloping it and making it better and improving uh, uh, aspects on it. So uh, that's been going really well for us, particularly during COVID. We have um, 
uh, a virtual corporate business now so that we're going to be launching um, next week called Barista On Demand. So that's our, our, our virtual corporate business that um, has been going really well for us as well in the last kind of three, four months. So we're, we're building that out. And then we have our functional mushroom uh, coffee business, which we, I uh, launched uh, at the end of last year, um, again, softly just to test the market. But um, functional coffee, I see, is uh, something that I'm personally passionate about, um, spe specifically health. Um, so we're, we're looking to, to grow and develop that this year as well. So it's, there's, again, there's, there's lots of moving balls, but it's all under the, the coffee umbrella and it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge. Um, but I think right now where we are during COVID, we are being very, very positive and we're, we're driving the company forward rather than sitting back and waiting to hear what the government um, uh, decisions are going to be. We're, we're moving forward uh, um, um, in, in spite of anything. And we're really kind of positive about the future and positive about the potential that the economy is going to recover really, really quickly. And, um, you know, that's it. That's, that's where we are right now. It must, be, it must be really satisfying to kind of have trained so many people and, and to become baristas and kind of follow their passion and to get jobs. Is that something that you kind of take Kind of real, a real satisfaction from with the barista school part of the business yeah you know it's um a huge part of what we do is uh we're, we're, we're taking some with no experience and we're, we're starting them on a, on a journey and we like that is um, a particular passion that we have and it's a particular passion that our trainers have is that we want to really ensure that um, our customers who are coming in have a, have a great experience but and we also want to make sure that we as trainers are, are training them um, directly, that we're not training to them. Do you know what I mean? Um, we, we've like, we'll train 5,000 people a year and we want to make sure that each one of those people leave our training um, feeling that they've got an individual uh, training experience because everyone's different. Um, everyone's got different abilities and understanding. And, and there's a huge amount of, uh, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, empathy that our trainers need to have. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy to say that we've got uh, phenomenal trainers who continually work on, on building those traits. And, you know, we see the coffee industry as uh, an amazing place to learn. Uh, so if, if, if you find that you don't want to work in the coffee industry as your career, but it's, it's a phenomenal place to learn about yourself and about how to deal with other people how to become good communicators, uh, how to work as a team, how to build your own uh, emotional intelligence, self-awareness and empathy. They're all like traits that are so important. And it's something that we as a business take, take uh, pride on, uh, sorry, pride in kind of um, imparting to other people. And it's a huge part of what we do uh, in our own training and development of our own staff. So it's something that we, yeah, if that if it answers your question that we 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 are very proud of that it does yeah and and definitely when i was i did a, a course last year or the year before and with mike and he just was able to spend time with everybody which was really nice and really important and you know there was a kind of full class there but he took the time out to make sure everybody knew what they were doing and everybody was kind of on the same page because it is like people do have different levels there was people there who would never touched the coffee before and people who had been there for you know who had maybe worked in cafes before but yeah that that kind of personal side to it I, I felt was really nice and it was why I kind of enjoyed enjoyed the course so much yeah 
it, it takes a, a, a particular type of person, I think, to become an educator uh, and, a, and a teacher, I suppose. Um, so in our business right now, like we've we're calculating it there was we're we're updating our our staff bios and everything but we've uh, over 50 years collective experience in the industry and a lot of that is you know a lot of the becoming good at your job takes time you know it takes experience and the understand the ability to kind of really understand your 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 trade so the guys like mike who you're talking about there he's been working for 15 years plus he really knows the coffee industry inside out. He's worked in Arizona in multiple coffee shops. He's worked in Ireland. He's worked all over the, the world in coffee. Um, and he loves the industry and he loves imparting his knowledge to people. And he's really good at what he does. So, you know, we're just lucky, I think, as, as a company that we, you know, we, we, we do sell a product, which is barista training. But like our company, the foundation is built on the quality of the people that we have working for us. And that's what we all, that's what I've always tried to focus on anyway, is, is building that team up and, and, and helping them grow and develop in the best way that they can. So with the understanding that the customer is going to really benefit from that. Yeah. So let's, let's chat coffee. So can you, the, the mushroom coffee, can you give me a bit more kind of information about that, where, where it came from and, and kind of how it's gone so far? Yeah. So the, the, the functional coffee space. So number, number one, I suppose, um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, so I love creating uh, business ideas and I love um, thinking about business ideas. And on the other side of it, um, um, I'm, I'm a very health conscious person. So it's kind of, it's marrying kind of, I think a lot of people, uh, entrepreneurs and will marry their passions. Uh, so health and coffee, they're, they're two things that I'm very passionate about. So during COVID, it was, you know, last March, April, where there was so much uncertainty and we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know, like the future was very uncertain for our businesses. We didn't know if we'd ever be allowed to let people back into our business again. So it got me thinking about, you know, different business ideas and the, the functional coffee space has, has been on my mind for a long time. Uh, I, I use functional uh, things in my coffee I had done previously, like I use Bulletproof uh, coffee. I use MCT oil uh, every morning in my coffee. Um, so I started messing around with mushrooms maybe a couple of years ago, um, mostly putting it into my food just to try and add some healthy stuff into my food. And they're all um, different types of mushrooms. Like I would use cordyceps, lion's mane, um, reishi, these are the silver mushrooms that are used in my own products now. And they're medicinal mushrooms. They're used in traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years. And there's been studies done on, on how they can improve um, your cognitive function, your immune system, and uh, your, your, your general performance. And so that kind of, that's an area that I'm really, really fascinated, fascinated about. And I was also thinking about, you know, if, Dublin Barista School was never to reopen again, what would we do? And um, so it was really born out of a lot of those kind of things that were mulling around in my head. And part of being an entrepreneur is, is taking an idea and bringing it to life and to see if it works. And so we started the process, we did some very basic branding. We, we made sure that um, all of our, our bags and our labeling are compostable. And um, so from starting from a sustainable perspective, we already know a huge amount about coffee. So the coffee wasn't the major issue, but it was more so 
um, finding and sourcing uh, organic mushrooms, which was more difficult uh, than I thought. So for three or four months, I was buying and tasting different mushrooms from different parts of the world. And we found a place um, that we're happy with. And yeah, it's, it's just literally making something that was in your mind uh, become reality and uh, seeing it now we're selling it out out the door at the moment uh, through our website ninth degree coffee and it's it's great to see and now it's become an actual it's, it's, a, it's a real business um, and we are building that out now as we speak so we have lots of moving kind of brands at the moment but ninth degree and the functional coffee is you know it's it's something that's really interesting and I see it as a, as a space that's got huge growth and potential and we're going to pursue it anyway and, and try and push it forward. Good. And there, there, yeah, there has been demand. There's been great demand in Ireland. And so as a long-term plan is to see uh, where we can take it in Europe. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And kind of still on, still on coffee. If, if you're, if you're kind of having a coffee, that's not one of the, the functional coffee, say, what would be your kind of go-to coffee? Well, I'm, I'm uh, very much a coffee purist when it comes to drinking coffee. So number one, it has to be black. Number one, uh, number two, it has to be um, specialty grade coffee. And I do like 90 plus coffees, uh, although they're quite expensive. But I'm lucky that we, we have access to a whole range of, of amazing coffees. So um, I will, the first thing that I do when I get up in the morning is I grind uh, my coffee uh, fresh. So at the moment I have a, have a beautiful uh, Kenyan um, for filter. So I use a Mocha master at home and yeah, so we just, I grind fresh and I make it in a Mocha master and that's as simple as I get it. And it has to be black, has to be, uh, I have a few specifics in terms of roasting. So I, I, I prefer to be roasted uh, and be drinking it within two to four weeks of roast date. I think that's always when the coffee is just coming to maturity and it's maturing nicely. Mm -hmm. So I like that. So I pay, I pay particular attention to roast date. Um, SL28, SL, uh, SL28 uh, varietal is one of my favorites in, in typically what you'll find in Kenyan coffees. Um, and I, I do love African coffees. Uh, the first uh, especially coffee I ever had was an Ethiopian uh, in around 2011 and that was that was what changed that's what turned me into uh, an obsessive coffee person um, when I could smell it was uh, it was a guy from Matthew Algae actually who came in to me was trying to sell coffee uh, to me and we became friends and he he would come in maybe once a week or every couple of weeks with uh, some some beautiful uh, in fairness uh, fresh freshly roasted coffee and he made, we, I remember brewing a Chemex with him one day and he had this uh, beautiful Ethiopian coffee. And I remember being able to smell the, the citrus coming from the Chemex and I was just, I was blown away because I'd never experienced that before. And that just started me on this journey of wanting to taste these exotic uh, coffees. And, you know, coffee for me is, it's, it's, it's become hugely romantic in terms of, you know, tasting coffees from different parts of the world. Um, you know, learning about where the coffees come from uh, in today's in today's industry there's huge transparency in terms of like you can find uh, in, in certain um, farmers they will tell you the exact plot of land where your coffee is grown so there, there's huge um, transparency which is really really interesting and I think that's that's part of the growth of the industry is that now 
Um, there isn't this kind of hoodoo or voodoo or about where coffee comes from. It's, you know, the farmer, you know, his name, you know, whereas you can get videos and pictures of his, of him processing the coffee. Um, you, you know, who your roaster is, you know, how they're roasting it. You know, they, they tell the story. It's all this romantic story. That's that I think people fall in love with. And that's why especially coffee is growing so fast. Um, and that's what I love as well. It's that romantic element of being transported to the place where your coffee is coming from, thinking about, you know, Rwanda or Congo, Kenya, Tanzania, Ethiopia, like particularly Africa is something that I, that I love, but, all, but equally I do love Central American coffees. Um, I mean, you can get stunning coffees from Brazil. You can get stunning coffees from uh, Southeast Asia. I mean, there's, 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 there's so much that the coffee industry gives, you know? Yeah, and I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. We we love a good story. Everybody loves a good story, and being able to, you know, see where your coffee comes from, knowing that the, the farmer that's grown it, and kind of how it's processed, and who's roasting it, be that in in Ireland or somewhere further afield, it's just it's so nice to have that traceability and, and understanding of where your coffee is coming from. It's not just a, I suppose, faceless entity that's put in this brown liquid in your cup. There's a real story and a real history behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, only, it's only going to become better, you know, um, like there's over, I was talking to uh, Stephen Bell, who's actually going to be on my podcast, uh, my own podcast in, in a few weeks. Uh, he owns Bell Lane Coffee. And you know, he was saying that uh, there's probably around 300 coffee roasters in Ireland now. Um, I hadn't realized there were so many. Uh, I thought there was definitely over 200, but there's like it's the roasting aspect is growing exponentially, yeah. which you know, is a good thing um, because there's more people learning about coffee. There's more people telling the story about coffee and, you know, the, the consumer is, is getting um, open to just so many different styles and different types of coffee. And, and as those roasters develop, they get better as well. Like you, you can, you can taste the development of the skills of the roaster. Um, I certainly can anyway, in different roasters that I've, that I've dealt with. And as well as the, the, the you know, there's the, the sourcing of the coffee and sourcing better types of coffee and, and uh, roasting it better. And, you know, as the consumer understanding, you know, where is the best place to buy coffee? Who's, who's a good roaster to buy the coffee? When should I be drinking my coffee? What does the roast date mean? Um, as well as all of the other stuff that goes along with it um, in terms of roasting processes and um arabica or buster there's there's a never-ending learning and i think that's a huge part of the the desire to work in the industry it's just it's something that's always changing and it's, it's always moving yeah i think even i was it last night or early, early this morning i was reading on cropster that they're developing new ai tech for that will be able to the ai tech will be able to kind of determine when the first crack is in coffee so it won't have to be a person that's Kind of listening to a roaster that's where they're at with the tech that they're trying to put into and um, their software within it so it's just crazy how kind of advanced stuff is getting as well with, with coffee yeah I, I just hope they don't start making baristas robots that's that's my <laughs> biggest worry <laughs> no i think i don't think there's going to be a, a risk of that you always want to go in and have a chat to your barista and, and let them that's make true that's, that's what we're hoping anyway <laughs> so kind of with with we were saying there is and there yeah you were saying Stephen from from Berlin was saying there's yeah almost 300 roasters. I think that was I did a, a count recently enough, and it's yeah it's not far off that it's it's massive how much it's growing in the last the last few years. Um, and there's definitely a, a big future in that. Is there anything that you've noticed 
I suppose last year is a bit of a, a bit of a mad year, but is there any kind of trends that you've seen within Ireland, within coffee in the last couple of months um, or the last couple of years that you kind of see are going to continue into the future? Yeah, I think the, the big trend is the is the mobile coffee unit uh, right now, the horse box, the the container, um, and you know it's if you if you go back to the story that I was telling at the very beginning that um, you know coffee used to have kind of bigger barriers to entry especially when um, the machine costs were more prohibitive uh, prohibitive and you know getting um, a retail location in terms of key money and uh, high rents and be, the, the, the need to be on a high street I think now with with COVID it's it's allowed this whole new um, generation of entrepreneur uh, to to start their businesses with very little money um, you have if you go out into the, to any suburban location now in Dublin in particular there's containers there's horse boxes there's pubs with hatches um, it's it's really I think it's it's so strange that you know in the media it's the hospitality sector that's getting uh, decimated but within the hospitality sector the coffee industry is booming and you know the big question I think is um, will it continue? Uh, after COVID, and uh, my view on it would be will be, is that um, yes, it certainly will continue. Um, I think there will be a drop off because I think it's it's becoming saturated. Lots of people are opening, um, um, or it will become more saturated. Uh, but there's, I think, it definitely is a trend that will continue. And you can see the quality of the the containers now. They they started off pretty basic, but now they're getting really really advanced and. You have the drive-through coffee business model is also really, really uh, a great model to look at. And you see guys um, opening up lots of drive-throughs. And so, yeah, this, this really amazing trend of opening up these mobile style units and, and people are doing really well um, and they're, you know, they're producing really high quality coffee and they're selling high quality pastries and, and they're offering the customer an amazing service um let's say it i mean it's i think it's during covid in particular and the whole issue with um, anxiety and uh, stress with people and the mental health kind of uh, uh, issue coffee shops are providing a huge outlet to those people um even if it's just saying hello to their barista and getting a nice cup of coffee i think that's that's a huge thing yeah and i think those kind of mobile coffee carrots or, or containers or or horse boxes like i think everybody's probably got one within their 5k at this stage there's just there's so many have popped up this year um, and i think oh yeah i i do agree with you that they you know will will they all last there probably will be some drop off in them but there's definitely a lot of them that are doing some really really great coffee and like you said great pastries and stuff as well and they've they've managed to get in to a good location early which is which is key um, I know a couple that I can think of that are near me that are they're just in prime locations that if you were looking for a retail unit on the same space you'd be looking at huge rents huge monies whereas the outlay for them is is an awful lot less than you know and, 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 I, and I suppose on that that the councils are the respective councils are probably going to have to react um, especially when there's going to be huge disparity between high street rents and then in a, in a, within a close proximity you have a mobile unit that might not be paying any um council uh, rates or, or payments so yeah, they just, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to deal with that kind of um problem when it when it arises in the near future 
yeah, they just uh, they just start the, they just start the engine and drive away when the, the council comes looking for their rent. <laughs> <laughs> when revenue start knocking on the door, you yeah. Just move. <laughs> um, and then so outside of coffee, I mean, what what I know you enjoy kind of being outdoors and being active and, and your exercise side of things. Is there anything else that you're really into that you kind of like doing and like spending a bit more time on? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm very focused on I'm very focused on our on being holistic. I think in my life and and creating balance. Uh, so it's it's important that you know I have two young kids, uh, Charlie and Sally are seven and five. Um, you know I re- I really have a, a huge focus on making sure that I balance in my life that I can spend time with them. And you know I'm lucky that my wife Linda works in the company, so we get to spend time together. Um, on on that regard. And yeah, I do. I, I regiment my day kind of very very closely so i get up early um i will make coffee which is obviously a very important part of the day and i'll read a book uh go for a run and then i'll come home make sure i kiss the kids off to school now that they're back to school uh, go to work um and focus on building the focus on building the company and that's where all my energies go towards um making sure that I'm prepared and ready to uh, give 120% to my team here, to my family, to growing the company, to being a good parent, um, to being a good husband. Uh, so it's 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 holistic, I suppose. Yeah, I, I focus a lot on on working out. I do. I run quite a lot. I'm an endurance runner, so I do. Um, uh, I did my first ultra marathons last year, so 60k plus. I'm going to do 80k. Uh, this september all going well so um in that regard it's like I, I focus on pushing myself and challenging myself and i do the same in business um so we're, not, we're never sitting back um we're always innovating and creating and trying to build and trying to get better and you know as part of that process there's lots of failures and we hit lots of walls but you just have to figure out a way around it and um and keep on keep on moving forward or as i always as i say always climbing we're always climbing we're always um, fighting the, the battle brilliant that's great thanks a million james appreciate all that appreciate your your time today as well if people are looking for more information on things like dublin barista school or ninth degree coffee where's the best place for them to check out that stuff yeah, so we're on Instagram, um, so Dublin Barista School and our Dublin Barista School.ie on our website, ninthdegreecoffee.com. And it's also on um, uh, Instagram. So you'll find me, my name on Instagram is the modern day entrepreneur, uh, James McCormick. You'll find me there just posting general stuff about coffee and uh, running, which some people might not find that interesting, but. <laughs> um, and that's it. So the uh, we are, yeah, that's, that's where you'll find us. Brilliant. Thanks a million, James. And thanks for joining us today. And that was James McCormick from Dublin Barista School. Really enjoyed that interview and that chat with James. Really great guy. Great background. Great experience in coffee. Um, and some really great insight into how he got to where he is and how as an entrepreneur he managed to set up and continues to set up a number of different businesses. 
So we'll be back in a couple of weeks and we will be chatting to another coffee roaster and one that we're featuring on Being Delivered. If there's anybody you think you know we should check out or we should have a chat to, you can let us know. You can find us on socials at Being Delivered or you can reach out to me at james at beingdelivered.ie. But until next time, I've been James Coffee and this has been Coffee Chats Coffee.